crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. Hour number three out of bounds. William Quaggenbush and Mike Vaughn with you. Smash practice still going on here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. We are about two hours away from first pitch between Clemson and USC Upstate, and then uh, the Tigers will take on Pittsburgh at 7. By the way, we should note, just a programming note real quick before we go to West Durham, uh, tonight at 6.30, baseball will go off the air, and men's basketball pregame will hit the air. So uh, regardless of whether the game is over or not, uh, we'll go to streaming only for baseball, and then I will run across the parking lot. If you want to see a guy run with, like, heavy equipment, uh, you'll be doing that because I got to get over there for uh, for halftime. You'll be seeing it tonight as uh, Clemson tries to go two and zero on campus today. Uh, we now go to a guy who I'll be able to watch. I love this. Um, I, I like when Wes is here. Okay, I like when Wes Durham is here, calling our games. Uh, we like getting to see Wes, but I really like being able to go home after our game and watch the second half of Wes's game. And tonight I get that treat. He's visiting with us from Tallahassee. Wes Durham is uh, with us here on the program. Wes, hello. How are you, my man? I'm well, William. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Um, <laughs> give me give me a bit of a scoop on NC State, Florida State. What am I going to be watching when I sit down at about 10.05 with a cold beverage tonight? Uh, probably a good bit of DJ Horn and another uh, scoop or two of Jameer Watkins of Florida State. I, I mean, I just don't know how this game is not determined tonight by one of those guys. They're too impactful right now for their respective teams. They have been for the last half dozen games. And, you know, Florida State's got to win the tournament in D.C. to go. I think NC State probably has to win the tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, I, you know, you saw Florida State Saturday. You know kind of the trials and tribulations of where they are. Uh, you know, they had great opportunities the other night. They cut it to, what, three, I think, twice mm-hmm. in the last six minutes or so. And for me, I think NC State's um, – they've got some really important basketball in front of them. In fact, Kevin Keach reminded us this morning, they've got Carolina Saturday, Duke midweek, and they close at Pitt. So they technically have – tonight would be a quad two and the other three would be quad ones. So they can they can actually, you know, help themselves measurably with – four straight wins here in the regular season. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But it, I think you're going to see a lot of D.J. Horn and a lot of Jameer Watkins before it's all said and done tonight. I, I, would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And Horn, Horn has kind of thrust himself into that. I would say the fringes of the player of the year conversation because of just how prolific he's been. I just made the statement, Wes, I think mm-hmm. last night R.J. Davis ended the player of the year discussion. I think it's him based on what he did last night and his track record through the year. Am I being too? Uh, am I being too prisoner of the moment here? Is Hall, and Filipowski, and some others no. still in the running, or is it Davis now? Well, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm breaking, you know, news here or breaking ideas, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I don't disagree with your statement on R.J. Davis. Um, I think I got to be honest with you, Quack. I, I think we're in a situation with first team All ACC where it's going to get really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that R.J. Davis, P.J. Hall, Reese Bigman, and Hunter Salas are all locks. How's that? I like that. Now, Kyle Filipowski sounds like a really good idea, 
but I'm not sure. And that's probably not a wildly popular thing to say, and he'll probably make it. But I would tell you this, if Blake Henson goes on a tear here, like tonight, you're going to see the real deal. If he hits the first two, he could hit five or six more behind it. And I've seen them win at Duke in person and at Virginia in person. And I will tell you that Pitt is an improved basketball team tonight. That will be a hell of a game to Little John Coliseum at 7 o'clock tonight. I mean a hell of a game. Because Pitt has done their best work on the road in scenarios and environments where people think that, well, you know, Pitt's had a nice year, but, you know, what of it? Clemson will have to play very, very well tonight to win, in my opinion. Maybe as well as they played in the recent stretch they've been on, too. Because I think Pitt is that good. I think Carrington, Lowe, uh, Ishmael Leggett, in addition to Henson, have all just played at a really, really high level to, to bring Jeff Capel's team along. I, to me, Blake Henson and Kyle Filipowski potentially are in the and, and maybe Horn uh, from NC State if he stays on the tear he's on um, for the last spot on all ACC first team. You know, that's interesting that you brought that up because a couple weeks ago we were sort of asked by a caller to go through our, our all-ACC teams, and I said the guy I felt the worst about was Filipowski because his numbers just don't jump off the page. And I had this conversation with uh, yeah. with Walt, and he, I mean, Walt coming in after me said, okay, but if you're in a pickup game, who are you taking? And I said, you know, that's where Filipowski might get some run, right? If it's close, the talent and the prospect status and all that, does that have sway with voters, do you think? Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to say at this point because I see, well, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, I see guys who are impacting their team. Like Jared McCain to me is the guy right now mm-hmm. who has grabbed the rookie of the year opportunity and just run with it, right? I mean, Jared McCain has become the shot maker for Duke, in, in my opinion. Not that Filipowski's not a good player. I'm just not sure he's one of the five best players in the ACC, which is the charge, by the way a first-team All-ACC. It's not your five favorite players. It's not the five players of the team you cover. It is the five players. And look, and, and you know kind of the you know kind of the trail that Clemson sometimes takes when it comes to All-ACC football, right? You've heard that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes it's not the – it's the five top five players, regardless of position, in the ACC. And right now, I mean – Kyle Filipowski or Armando Baycott, Clark? Oh, oh! I'm honestly, if I'm trying to win a game today, I might go with Baycott. Okay, but the other part about this is I have other guys that I know are already going to beat. That's true. I mean, like R.J. Davis, P.J. Hall. Virginia is nowhere in this without Reese Beekman. Wake has come on. Part and part. Did you see what Hunter Salas did last Saturday? <laughs> I mean, come oh, on. And, you know, and again, Joe Lenardi can tell me how many teams are not going to make the tournament. Well, let me tell you who is going to make the tournament. <laughs> you know, Hunter Salas <laughs> is making the tournament. You know, okay. there's all sorts of different variables to this, and I, I think all of that creates a real interest in ACC basketball, especially as we get to D.C. Visiting with Wes Durham here. He's got the call on ACC Network with Corey Alexander tonight in Tallahassee, NC State, and Florida State. ESPN2, by the way. Oh, ESPN2. ESPN2, that's right. I'm so sorry. Our game is on ACC Network. It's in my brain. Don't let me me take you off the flagship two, okay? Don't let me take you off the flagship two, okay? Well, and and by Um, the way, Notre Dame and Wake Forest follows us, follows your game tonight on ACC Network. 
Very good. Look at that. Look at that. I love it. Thank little little promo. Just, trying to, little just trying to keep the channel guy to a minimum, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes. I appreciate that very much. And our, our folks do, too. Uh, 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 our folks do as well. Um, Wake Forest, I, I think they're in. Because I think they've been looking the part, and we needed the resume, and now they're starting to get the resume. And I know they've got other op- right. opportunities remaining. You feel good. They're in now. Yeah, if they had to have a win, they got the win they need to have. Now, I don't think it'd be wise to go lose at South Bend tonight. Right. But I also am of the belief, too, that a week from Saturday, it's going to be a stone-cold preliminary fight at Winston-Salem with Clemson and Wake meeting for the only time in the last regular season. I mean, I think that's going to be a huge game. It could determine the double bye, the fourth yeah. of, the, of the spots. I mean, I'm also – inclined to think too that Wake might pass Virginia before we get to that game and Clemson lost to Virginia by a point at home in the only meeting they had during the regular season so you know again Clemson can't afford to let off the gas Wake Virginia can't Pitt can't I mean that's really why I think tonight's ball game in Little John is so significant kind of to the way of life here in the last 10 days of the league uh, time for a couple of more here. I wanna I wanna spend a little time talking about Virginia because, you know, early in the year they had a couple good wins, but you watch them play and you're like, I don't know, they just don't look the part. And then they did because they started scoring. They beat Clemson. They had this this big right. run. You know, several weeks they're, they're winning games. <clears throat> Wes, they are making every defense look like Pat Riley's uh, Knicks in the '90s. <laughs> they look like Jeff Van Gundy's coaching them for crying out loud. The aesthetics make me think that Virginia's got a problem here. I I have believed on and off throughout the year. I don't think they're a particularly gifted shooting team offensively, uh, especially at the foul line. Um, I think that in some ways they are missing the person or player who would play the role of Jack Salt, Mommy D, Dikite. Jayhoff tended to drift a little bit more from the basket, but you know what I mean, right? That that type player and the mover blocker stuff they do at the pack line and things like that. Yes. You know, how their offense gets generated with the pick and roll stuff. Um, I, I just don't know that they have that player. They've tried Jordan Minor. They've tried Blake Buchanan. Um, you know, Groves, I think, has tried to provide some inside presence. I just, I'm not sure that Tony Bennett has that particular player. Much like I think you know, you'll appreciate this conversation as long as you follow the league. I, I said earlier today to somebody, what Duke probably wouldn't pay right now to have Casey Sanders, Sanders play, you know? Oh, Just yeah. Just a big guy that could rebound, or Brian Zubak. What they wouldn't pay right now to have Brian Zubak. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I just think those two teams in particular are missing an inside presence that night in, night out, not necessarily going to be productive, but going to be impactful to what they do at both ends of the floor. Look, I think Isaac McNeely's a, a really good player, going to get better at Virginia. Love Beekman's game. I think he's, uh, I mean, look at his assist to turnover numbers, his assist. I mean, the guy's just developed every way possible you can think of at Virginia. I'm just not sure that they've got a lot of staying power once they get in the NCAA tournament. Now, if they don't win down the stretch here, they may not get in the tournament. But I, I think that Virginia's biggest issue is the combination of shooting and maybe the fact they don't have that salt diakite type player. I think it's a I think it's really good analysis because and and like like you said for for some of these teams they're not walking through the door, so 
I mean, like Brian Zubek, I think is a great example. I was actually I was talking to my wife about Brian Zubek. Don't ask me why. I don't know how how it came <laughs> up, but I, we, were, we were having this conversation in the car the other day because he literally just showed up in January. Like he's been a Duke for a thousand years, and he shows up in January, and all of a sudden he's getting double doubles, and he ended up winning a national title for no reason. He just showed up. I don't. I think we're past the point yeah. where that Superman is going to you know emerge from the phone booth and save these teams that just don't have that presence, right? Well, and, and to to equate what your analogy is, remember that was a team that also had Kyle Singler on, right? Right. And Zubek became, you know, so think of Kyle Singler as Filipowski, both named Kyle, obviously. But if you think of Filipowski filling the Singler role, then who is the Zubek? Hmm. Nobody. Ryan Young, maybe. But see, that's where Mark Mitchell, and and then you get into the three guard offense, and again, I. Look, there's no there's no nirvana out there in basketball at the collegiate level. That's why we are where we are with this year, particularly in the national landscape, right? Um, and I just think it's I think it's an interesting. I'm not trying to say teams have flaws as much as they are productive. I just think you can see things about versions of those teams you've regarded as championship level in the past where they may lack that one piece that would prohibit them from potentially winning the championship. So let me ask you this. You've watched Clemson a bunch of times. They're taking on Pitt. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a knockdown dragout tonight, especially as well as Pitt has Ooh. been playing in the road. And as as, as Clemson yeah. has really struggled at home, what is it that Clemson most lacks in your mind to be in that caliber of team? Well, I, I think the number one, Ian Shefflin, to me, has just become such a valuable part of what their success is. Um Look, and I've only had Clemson live twice this year. I haven't been on tour following my son around, right? Um, the uh, I, I think Shefflin and P.J. Hall have, have really been great, and P.J.'s been exceptional. I mean, he's had the kind of campaign I had anticipated him having if he ever stayed healthy, and he's done that this year, and it's been fun to watch. And You know, other than thinking he's just a terrific young man, I'm, I'm happy for him as a basketball player. Um, I, w- I would offer you this, Qualk. I, I think that the, the guy who, to me, has to be the difference maker for Clemson is Chase Hunter. I think, I think Chase is capable of being an elite guard. I think he's got the size, strength, the acumen from a physicality standpoint. Certainly he's got the ball skills and the basketball IQ to do it. It's got to be night in, night out. What I saw in Atlanta uh, last Tuesday night needs to be every night for Chase Hunter. And I think he hit shots. He defended well. He forced the ball out of Miles Kelly's hand. He played defensively, I think, really, really well. And at the end of the day, I think he's the guy who can make a difference in whether or not they just get in the tournament or whether they win two or three games in the tournament. And I'm not talking about the ACC tournament. I'm talking about the big one. Because I think if you go back and look at the early season successes, P.J. played well, Ian Shefflin played well, but so did Chase Hunter. So did Joe Girard. And in beginning to kind of watch Clemson more and more as the season evolves here, and I've got the weight game in Winston-Salem a week from Saturday, I'm really going to be kind of focused on what P.J. PJ and Ian's numbers are, but also what Chase Hunter's doing, because I think he's a really, really nice basketball player, and I'm, I'm optimistic for him that he can have the kind of finish he's looking for. All right, final question for you, Wes, and then we'll let you run and get back to prep and uh, enjoying Tallahassee a little bit before tonight. Do you feel inclined to comment at all on court storming and the future of fans on the floor? <laughs> I, other, other than to say, I don't know if there's a great solution to this, Paul. <laughs> um, 
remember, I'm your local television announcer that reminds people nationally that they're all meeting at the paw after the game. Yes. Not storming the field. <laughs> I'm the guy that is clarifying what my other colleagues in the industry sometimes are misintended. Um, I mean, look, I, I think the basketball situation is completely different than the football situation. Um, it's a much more confined space. I'm not uh, I'm not a veteran of enough arena management meetings to understand the processes. I've seen the drills go on from game security and football, and you know, we've all been in the stadium early enough to watch the security people tackle some innocent guy who's told to run around to let the people drill this. <laughs> um, look, I, I think there's a good way to do it, and I think there's a bad way to do it. Wake didn't have a great day at the office last Saturday uh, in terms of keeping people off the floor. But I also think this, too. I think we're foolish not to think that we should be able to get the players off the floor safely, right? Come on. Mm -hmm. We can do that part, can't we? And I'm also, you know, not stupid enough to think that somebody didn't go out there and they've had enough liquid courage during the day that they feel like they want to go up and say something to somebody coming off the floor. That's That's a tough combination. That's a really tough spot. That's a tough spot for the kid coming off the floor who's just lost a game in the opposing venue. But I, I think we all agree we can do a better job of not just, you know, rushing out there and, you know, creating pell-mell all the time, right? I, I would agree 100%. There's got to be a solution. I mean, you know, uh, jailing 3,000 people is not it. Uh, we, eventually, we've moderated the conversation this week from jailing 3,000 people to maybe let's let's be a little more realistic about what we can do, you know? Was it I Billis that, that said we should arrest people? Was that Billis? I, I think it was. It was. Uh, it was arrest or fine. Like there was. There was this. Oh, at one wow. point, he was talking about arresting, and then they were talking about fining. Wow. So, yeah, be uh, a lot of paperwork. We start like, you know, issuing citations. Yeah. And, holy cow! It'll be a lot. Need a lot of Barney Fife's in the. Uh... Oh man! Let me tell you now. <laughs> holy cow! Be a lot oh, of. Man. A lot of. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of deputies put into service at Wally Phillips Station to get that done. Right? <laughs> so. Oh man, you're the best, West Durham boys and girls. Check him out, ESPN two tonight, nine o'clock. Hey, don't uh, forget with... Coach Roy and Mike tomorrow night, Clark. Don't forget hey. uh, Rivals reunited. Yes, you know what? I know we're late, but I want to ask you about that. I'm glad you reminded me. I meant to ask you about that. That had to be awesome to shoot. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. It was. Uh, it was done last July in Greensboro, the North Carolina Coaches Association, that we spent about 90 minutes together. And uh, what you'll see tomorrow night at uh, roughly 9 o'clock, 9.05 on ACC Network, following Louisville at Duke, is, uh, is a conversation about coaching and how they built their programs and what inspired them to build their programs, the relationships within the programs, recruiting, um, few laughs along the way uh, that are kind of fun. Uh, some pointed moments. Coach K talking about his relationship with Dean Smith at the end of Coach Smith's life, um, which was mm. kind of interesting um, for people who don't realize that they had a friendship. Um, and then both of them talking about going to games now as retired coaches. Which, interesting. as you might as you might think, is not exactly as easy as you would anticipate it to be. Uh, you know what? I can imagine that probably is not yeah. uh, 
That probably is is not an easy task, no doubt. I can't yeah. wait to watch. And I now it. have a third. I now I now have a third coach who retired that I've done some games with, named Jim Bayham, who tells me it's not a great experience for him to go Man, to games. That's so. That's so interesting. Uh, we may have to chat about that yep. another time because I'm, now I'm fascinated by that. Uh, Wes, thank you. I so appreciate your time today. Again, uh, uh, the best in the business. Wes Durham joined the program. Have fun in Tallahassee tonight. Look forward to seeing the second half, baby, as soon as I get home from Little John. All right, take care. Good luck tonight. Thanks. All right, you too. Thank you. Wes Durham joining the party here on the program. That was outstanding. Like 20 good minutes with Wes Durham. His feel for the league, ugh. Unparalleled. Stay with us. We got more to come. I got lineups. We'll give you lineups right after this. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want to potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction porta potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two-stall, three-stall, and four-stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. Talking about colonoscopies can be awkward and maybe even a little funny. No buts about it. Colonoscopy screenings are vital to early detection of cancer. During your screening, if your provider finds any kind of precancerous lesions, they are removed, preventing you from developing colorectal cancer. Do it for your health, your family, and your friends. This simple, non-invasive procedure is low cost, requires only one day of downtime, and can possibly save your life. No referral and no clinic visit needed. Book today at gastroassociates.com. Last year was a big year for Founders Federal Credit Union and our amazing members. A total of $30 million was given back to qualifying members in the form of loyalty bonus dividends, proving once again that it pays to be a Founders member. Founders is also committed to pouring time and resources into the local communities we serve. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting for? Join Founders today. Visit foundersfcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the Upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! 
First, it was Seneca. Then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection. And get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. Thompson and King want you to know that there has been an important change in veterans' rights. Vets or widows of vets who served in Vietnam in the Navy may now be able to receive Agent Orange benefits. Public Law 11623 is known as the Blue Water Navy Vietnam Vets Act of 2019. These Blue Water claimants may also be eligible if their claims were previously denied. If you or your deceased spouse served in Vietnam in the Navy, please call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season, you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a Samsung Galaxy A14 included when you buy an extended silver unlimited plan. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. Online only. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Hour three continues out of bounds. William Quackenbush and Mike Vaughn with you. I'm live at Doug Kingsmore Stadium where at the moment there is a bit of rain falling, but that's not really the issue. The issue is that we are in a lightning delay uh, during pregame. Now, USC Upstate was out on the field taking batting practice, which is not smash practice. I want to keep that separate and make sure everybody knows. Uh they were out taking batting practice. I, I don't know if they were finished or not. I don't know what the protocol is on that. And to be honest, I don't know if there are any adjustments uh, to the start time of the game. I don't believe this is going to be a lingering thing. Um, but I would be mostly guessing at this point. Um, we have not received any official word about adjustments. There has not been a uh, release sent out or any of that. So we will continue to keep you posted on that until 3 o'clock. But... Uh, all personnel has left the field. They're in the dugouts right now. Well, there's a couple stragglers that are sort of working their way over uh, through the bullpen. And actually, as we've come back, the rain is picking up a little bit. So, um, again, it, it, it appears to be someone that's just blowing on through. But hopefully uh, we will be able to first pitch at 4 o'clock. And, again, if we uh, learn anything otherwise, we will let you know. I uh, got a couple texts and some things to remind you about with uh, Western. Really appreciate him, and then we'll go to the phones as well. Uh, first, I want to tell you about Tiger Express Wash. Uh, the great thing about Tiger Express Wash, okay, I, I say the great thing. There are a lot of great things about uh, Tiger Express Wash, but the the monthly rewards uh, programs, the monthly specials. You pay a monthly fee. Uh, you get those packages. You can actually go. You can go on their website. You can join the Unlimited Wash Club. 
it's basically it's like a Disney and I, uh, uh, Neil Monahan explained to me like this. It's like a Disney World Fast Pass for uh, for a car wash, and basically it allows you to cut the line. It allows you to scan a barcode. You pay a monthly fee. You scan a barcode, and then you you go in and you get your car wash. I mean, it's that it, it truly is that simple. And they have a bunch of different options for that. Um, types of washes that you can get, the types of plans that you can get per month, and it very quickly, very quickly and easily pays for itself. Take advantage of that. I mean, this is a great company doing great work in our local area, locally owned and operated. That's our friends at Tiger Express Wash, three locations to serve you in Clemson and in Pendleton and in Easley. Uh, I need to read this. Uh, This came in while we were on with Wes. Um, Texter from the 864 doing doing a, just some great work here. We, we were talking about blowing leads. Now, again, I, I want to say uh, not every blown lead is equal. Uh, not every blown lead is okay. Not every blown lead is defensible. But just being upset because your team blows leads as if no one else does it or as if there's an enhanced frequency is just not a rational place to land, okay? Like, I, I can't tell you how to believe, but I can tell you what's rational and what's logical. That's irrational and illogical. I mean, it just is. For example, two different things. A texture from the 864 says, Just because I'm petty, I looked through a few of UNC's game flows. Here are some games they had double-digit leads and it got kind of close. Villanova, uh, November 23rd, they had a nine-point lead, lost by two. All right? So they're 0-1 in those. Uh, Tennessee on the 29th of November, up 21, one by eight. Again, they blew a 21-point lead, man, can't do that. Oklahoma, December 30th, 15-point lead. Game was cut to as, as uh, little as six. They won by eight. Against Louisville, they led by 20. Lead was cut to six, one by 16. I remember that one because I laid 15 and a half, and I was very worried. Uh, Florida State on January 27th, led by 11. Lead was cut to two, one by seven. And Georgia Tech on uh, January 30th, largest lead of 11. Ended up losing by one. They also had double-digit leads in both games against Miami and ended up winning by small margins. That, my friends, is the Lord's work right there. That's looking at one team, North Carolina. That's eight different instances of a nine-plus point lead that ended up being one or two possession game at the end because it happens to everybody. And I would just say, you know, if you're like, well, well I mean, Quack, that's that's just one team. That's just one team. There were three power conference games played last night. Do you want to know the game flow of those three games? North Carolina and Miami. We've already talked about this one, but it bears repeating. North Carolina was up 14 points with 6.50 left in the game. And in 5 minutes and 49 seconds, that 14-point lead was cut to 2. They ended up winning by 4. They blew it. They won the game, but they blew it. Kansas State, West Virginia. We already talked about that one. Kansas State was up 66-41 to with 13 minutes left in the game. And they actually were down four with a minute left in the game and had to come back to force overtime. A 25-point lead. They were minus 28 over a 12-minute stretch and then had to come back to force overtime in a game they won by four. And then there's Baylor and TCU, the other game. Baylor led by as many as 18 with 457 left in a game. 457 left in a game. And TCU cut it back to eight. Uh, So... Baylor was up 18, and it went by 18, but in all three of those games, the team that won had a lead of double digits, and in the case of one team, had a lead of 25 points, and they all ended up winning by single digits, one of them in overtime. 
Again, that's a bit anecdotal, but that's the three power conference games from last night, all three involving double-digit leads that became single-digit wins. That is not a uh, that that is not something that only your team, only your program deals with. That is literally everybody. So I just wanted to I just want to throw that out there. And yes, like winning those games, you, you can deal with it a little bit more. But we've had people talk to us the last couple of days and 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 say that Clemson winning but also blowing the lead is bad. Like like normally teams don't do that, but they they very clearly do. Um, let's go to the phones, and we've got 654-ROAR is the number. We've got Steven in Salem, who is up with us next. Steven, what's up? Hey, not much, guys. I'm going to change the subject a little bit and talk about Clemson basketball, both men and women. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm not too concerned about the men's team because I think they got a great momentum going, especially with their game against Pittsburgh tonight and um, you know, the only question would be, do they have a, I mean, they, I think they have a good chance to get a double buy, but I also think they'll get a buy regardless. The only question would be a double or a single buy. But now my concern I do have though, it with, is with the ladies, it's with the lady tigers. Um, unfortunately I know they're going to have to play in the first round game, opening round game. Um, I don't, don't know what seating they're going to wound up with. As much as I love and respect Coach Butler, I'm just wondering how much leeway do you think Clemson's going to have before they're going to give, go in another direction? And I know you have a great business-like relationship with Coach Butler, and I think the solution would be if he can somehow get Coach Davis to be like an assistant coach for about a year and just kind of like have him take her under a wing and just kind of like you know show her the ropes too about the basketball and you know maybe help out a little bit. So. I just want to get your thoughts on it, and uh, go Tigers. Steven, thank you. Appreciate the phone call. I, would, I mean, I would say, I don't mind sharing this. I, I've got, I, I would say, more of, than a business-like relationship with Coach Butler. We're, I mean, we, we talk a lot. We've spent a lot of time together. I mean, I've, I've called the vast majority of her games since she's been here, and so you develop a relationship with people and that, that entire staff. So I would say, I don't, I mean, I don't have any insight into what people are thinking regarding – like her future or anything like that. I will tell you that there are there are eight available players right now, um, or there have been eight. There may be nine at the moment. I think there may be nine at the moment. Um, but they they have had st- they have had injuries strike at the wrong time. They've had some discipline issues at various parts of the year too. Um, they're missing a couple of starters at the moment that really could have helped them. And um, they just got Danielle Roush back from an injury. Could have helped in at least one of the spots that I, I feel very. Uh, very, very good about. And, you know, they're another one. They, they have been right in almost every game. I think they're, I think like three or four, I'd have to go back and look. I think three or four of their losses in conference have been by double digits. The rest have been by eight or less. And a, a good portion of those losses have been by one or two possessions. Here's what I would tell you. Amanda Butler has had a, she has, she has uh, had a knack for drawing the best out of her teams in the ACC tournament. And they have won games that I, I would tell you just objectively they've had no business winning in the ACC tournament at times. So I'm excited to go up there uh, next week and try to win a couple more and then, uh, and then see what happens. But they've got the best recruit in school history coming in from Tennessee. Um, I think they're, they're excited about the progression of Ruby Whitehorn. They're obviously they're losing Amari Robinson. They're bringing in uh, one of the top scores, maybe the leading scorer in the history of her school or something like that in, in Minnesota um, as, as a big. 
that they really like that's very skilled and can help them. So, uh, and then they'll get in the portal. I mean, they, I think they've done a good job the last couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, there are a couple spots they maybe would like to have done something different, but they've, they've done a good job more or less in the portal. So we'll see what happens there. But um, as, as far as the Coach Davis thing, I don't think Coach Davis has any interest in, uh, in, in coaching or being on the staff right now. I think he's good broadcasting and kind of sitting this one out. Final segment of the program. Oh, before we go to break. I do want to tell you about. Uh, I, well, we've got a couple. We've got a couple callers on hold too. We'll get to you. Um, we'll get to you on the other side. Uh, I want to. I want to tell you about Landscaper Supply. Go by and see them. Seven locations in the Upstate. We were out there in Piedmont. They kind of expanded and grand. They had a grand opening, and we had a great, great time. Gas for a year. If you buy a grill, that is a great deal. I can promise you. Take advantage of that. I have. I'm already reaping the benefits. I say already. I've been reaping the benefits. Uh, and then they also have the Scoop There It Is promotion for mulch. It's not just mulch. It's rockets. It's everything uh, in that realm that they'll uh, they'll get you a great deal on. They'll help you with the delivery and all that stuff. You can ask them about that when you go. It is for landscapers. It is for people like me who just want to have a good yard. Uh, landscaper Supply. Go and see them all over the upstate final segment of the program i told you i'd give you a lineup i'm actually gonna give you the lineup when we return next health insurance how can you possibly choose the right plan when there are 64 plans to choose from maybe you just turned 26 and need to buy insurance for the very first time maybe you just received a letter that your medicaid is ending maybe you just lost benefits at work it can be overwhelming but it doesn't have to be. Give me a call at 864-467-8738 and check out our website, insure-u.com. You can check to see if your doctor's in the network or compare plans side by side. One size doesn't fit all. Let's make sure you have the right plan for you. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Your home is your most valuable asset. When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local, experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. It's Race for the Green Time. Go ahead and make your plans to sign up today. Run signup.com. It's coming your way March 16th, 2024. Make a commitment to do your first 5K or half marathon and take advantage of those early bird pricing. Run signup.com. Great swag, the beautiful medal that everybody talks about. This is our 14th annual half marathon and 5K. Sign up today. Don't forget March 16th, 2024. Run signup.com and come on and have a great time. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, 
Our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. The Bojangles back at Bojangles. A crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. If you are dealing with the complexities of selling an inherited property or navigating a property in probate, Samuel Property Group is here to help. Hi, this is Brady Brandon, owner of Samuel Property Group, your trusted partner in real estate solutions. Whether it's navigating probate laws or needing a quick real estate sale without the MLS, Samuel Property Group can get you a quick cash offer in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today to turn your property challenges into great opportunities. Hey, it's Boost Mobile here with a great deal to keep you connected and help you make the most of your tax refund. When you switch to Boost, you get four lines for 100 bucks, plus four free 5G smartphones like the Samsung Galaxy A15 or the Moto G Stylus 5G. We're here to bring you the best phones on America's largest 5G networks so you can get after it. Switching is easy. Just head to your local Boost Mobile store for four lines and four phones for $100. Visit BoostMobile.com for details. New customers only. Requires auto pay and ID verification. Other restrictions apply. See participating dealers for details. Your home for Clemson women's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Same Final segment of the day. Glad to have you with us. Things have cleared up a bit. I think the rain has all but stopped. And uh, we're still, I believe we're still in a lightning delay technically. Uh, once again, no uh, no official move in terms of start time. And I'm I'm not necessarily foreseeing that because I think both teams are taking batting practice. And I think we're... Uh, I think we're good to go. Regardless, Bob Mahoney and I will uh, be with you at 3.30, so stick around for that. Uh, you can call the plumber whose name is his number. When you're in a pinch, just call one Tom Plumber. They're honest and upfront. They've got flat rate pricing, so you're not going to get ripped off. The price is the price regardless of how dire your situation is, uh, and they are that, that's good because that's kind of their mission is to be uh, an emergency plumbing and drain cleaning service 24-7. They will come same day always for emergencies like uh, sewage backups, if your hot water's out, things of that nature. Uh, Ramona had an issue, and one Tom Plumber came out, immediately fixed it, did a great job. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to say that these folks practice what they preach. They're about the right things. Clemson grads uh, with three locations in Greenville, in Charleston, and in Columbia. Five-star rated on Google. Check that giant pink plunger logo on their vans. That's a plumber whose name is his number. That's one Tom Plumber. 
All right, Clemson baseball at the uh, at the top of the well, not the top of this hour, but at uh, four o'clock today against USC Upstate. This is a good Upstate team, folks. Uh, we know that from the last couple years. Uh, two years ago, they really flatly embarrassed Clemson here at home. Uh, last year, in this exact same spot, the little look ahead spot for South Carolina, they beat Clemson in Greenville at Floor Field. And uh, it's a 4-3 and three upstate team. It's a team that feels like they're the best team in the Big South and a team that feels like they should, uh, they should win it. And they're throwing their closer today, who threw five innings in the opening weekend, has thrown six innings this year, three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. I think they're trying to stretch him out. So, yes, um, Eric Backett's very impressed with Jake Kubler on the mound today, regardless of how, uh, how long he throws. Uh, Clemson's lineup. Just so everybody's clear, we'll give you a little sneak peek on that. Uh, Alden Mathis is leading off today and playing center field, which should give you some idea. The lineup does not include Cam Canarella. Now, it is my understanding that it's really nothing to be overly concerned about. It's more of a – I'm sure Eric Backich will talk about it after the game. I'm sure he'll, he'll, give, uh, he'll give some insight after the game about why Cam's on the lineup today. But it feels like it's just sort of a – a day to get him as healthy as he can be for this weekend. And uh, so no Cam Canarella in the lineup. He was already not going to play in the field, but I think they decided to hold him. The good news is you've got options. So you've got Mathis in the leadoff spot. You've got Nolan Naraki hitting second at third base today. I like that move. I like that addition up, up, the, uh, up the order. You've got Blake Wright hitting third, playing second. Jimmy Obertop behind the plate in the cleanup spot. Andrew Chufo had the big Sunday at the plate. He's in the five hole. In the sixth spot, you got Will Taylor, who really probably could use that. He's won for his first 23. He is mired in a big-time slump. In fact, I believe his one hit was on opening day. And uh, so just trying to get Willie T going. I thought he he had pretty good at bats, and he hit the ball pretty hard this weekend uh, on several occasions and just is not seeing the ball go down. So they drop him down to the sixth spot. Jacob Henderleiter's playing first base today. And batting seventh, Jack Crichton is in right field again. Loved how he swung the bat and how he defended this weekend. He's hitting eighth. And in, in the DH spot, his first start as a Tiger, Tristan McClady. Remember Friday? Remember I said Friday was fun? It was not fun for Bob Mahoney. I shouldn't even say that in earshot. But it was fun to be in the stands and watching this team as they got young guys in, a couple at-bats, and you almost treat it like a spring training situation where you're just seeing how the young guys are coming along and you're seeing if anybody can give you some quality at-bats that can ultimately lead to a bigger role. Tristan McClady had the only multi-hit game of any Tiger on Friday. And so you get him in the lineup in the DH spot, and he talked about not just him but Brody Kahn, two left-handed bats you could put in the lineup that is overwhelmingly right-handed and particularly overwhelmingly right-handed if Cam Canarella's not in there. You put McClady in as a left-hand bat that's a little bit of a contact, gap-to-gap guy, get on base, barrel some balls, and uh, see how he does with this opportunity. I'm excited to see him today. Austin Gordon is going to go. Uh, I actually asked Eric Baggett, is it going to be, you know, is it going to be like last year where, if you recall, they, they used Tristan Smith as an opener on Tuesday and then moved him into the, the starting lineup against South Carolina on Saturday? In, in Greenville, they had him pitch in Greenville consecutive times. It turns out that's not going to be the case today, that Austin Gordon is going to go through pretty much a normal start, and they're sort of preserving the right to use him over the weekend 
if they have opportunity. So don't expect Austin Gordon to just be a one-inning opener today. Expect him to have a start, go, I don't know, 50, 60 pitches, something like that as he continues to ramp up. And then eventually, the, the talk is eventually, he will make his way into the, the weekend rotation. And your follow-up question for that may be, well, Quark, uh who is going to be in the weekend rotation this weekend? I think it's probably fair to suggest, and I believe Coach Backett said this with Mickey this morning, that Tristan Smith and Aiden Kanak are going to be in the weekend rotation. In terms of that Friday slot, it, it's un, I would say it's unclear. I'm not sure Billy Barlow has really cemented himself in that role, but I don't know exactly who another option could be. I mean, you might be able to see a, a Matthew Marshall perhaps get the ball first there. I think you're going to see Billy pitch at some point this weekend. It's just a matter of who's going to get the ball at 7:02 down in Columbia at Founders Park. Who is going to have the mindset to go and shove it down the throat of an opposing team on the road? The guys here, uh, I'm not sure we know who that is. Um, I still say, and I've, I've said it, I've said it for years. Maybe my favorite Clemson baseball game of all time that I've gotten to call, and maybe my favorite one that I've seen in person, is when Sam Weatherly went down there and shoved it down South Carolina's throat for seven innings. With Majenski on the hill on the other side, Clemson had three home runs and beat them. That was right before the season got shut down with uh, with COVID a couple weeks later. That That's a great feeling when you've got a guy with the ball in his hand that can just go and totally block out the noise, can go into somebody else's ballpark and absolutely shove it down their throat. Uh, Clemson needs to find that guy because that is a tough place to play and that is a tough lineup to go against if you're not locked and loaded mentally and ready to go. So... That is a look at the lineup today. Again, the highlights, no Cam Canarella. Uh, Will Taylor down in the sixth spot. Tristan McCladdy is in the lineup today. Naraki moves up into the uh, into the number two spot. And Clemson will be facing probably Upstate's best pitcher to start in, uh, in Jake Kubler. All right, finally, some thoughts on Pitt and Clemson. Uh, it's, it's a good night of college basketball, really. I mean, if you're not watching Pitt-Clemson, you could justify maybe turning some attention to Virginia Tech-Syracuse tonight. I think Virginia Tech desperately needs to win that to put itself more credibly in the uh, in the bubble conversation. Um, that's on ESPNU. You've got Kentucky going on the road to Mississippi State. Mississippi State is now in the tournament. Kentucky, a, a very impressive victory at home over Alabama this weekend. Can they keep it going? Uh, I would say on both sides. Offensively, there's no way they're going to match what they did against Bama. That was... That's impossible to do what they did against Bama on Saturday again, but you got to take that show on the road and probably guard a little bit better like they had been doing the previous two or three weeks. Uh, so that's coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. BYU is Kansas. BYU has really struggled on the road, so keep that in mind tonight. Um, you know, if you feel so inclined, maybe uh, taking a few points there or laying a few points with Kansas, depending on what the spread is. The spread is probably going to be a little bit lower than it should be because, in my opinion, BYU – has inflated metrics. They're a good team. They are not the level of team that you would see on like Ken Palm or something like that. Uh, BYU. Let me let me see what they are in Ken Palm. BYU is like they're they're expected to lose by five. I think Kansas beats them by double digits tonight. I just think there's no way that Kansas isn't covering a five to seven point spread. I haven't even looked at point spreads today yet, but that would be my uh, that'd be my inclination. We talked to West Durham. His game, NC State, Florida State, 9 o'clock, ESPN2. That should be a good one. Texas, Texas Tech, a bubblicious game on ESPN at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, Texas, I think, looks like a fraud. They look like an NIT team. Texas Tech more resembles an NCAA tournament team 
in my view. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I would expect Texas Tech to win that game down in Lubbock. In fact, the Ken Palm number on that game is four. And the spread on that game – hang on, I'll tell you here in just a second. Uh, the spread on that game is – I'm looking at Kansas minus six and a half. I think that's a good number to lay, by the way. Uh, Texas and Texas Tech is Texas Tech minus three and a half. That one looks like a good number to lay, too. Uh, Tech is awfully tough to beat in Lubbock, especially when they're really jazzed up. The couple times they've been bit or played a close game at home are sort of the nondescript teams. Texas is far from a nondescript team going in there. Uh, So you can rest assured that Texas Tech, that crowd is going to be absolutely in fuego. And they're going to be able to uh, they're going to be able to cause problems to Texas tonight. Wake and Notre Dame. If you just really want to get angry at a game, you watch Notre Dame play. Uh, they are they are a slog slugfest team that plays so slow. And Wake Forest is going to have to really they're, they're going to have to like stretch the game out. I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can do that. And then you know if you're trying to get ready for your bracket, we're only a couple weeks away from brackets being a factor. Uh, Nevada and Colorado State, Fox Sports one tonight ten thirty. If you uh, if you want to stay up late. So that's a look at what's coming up in college basketball tonight, some of the bigger games uh, around the world of college basketball. And then finally, we have Pitt and Clemson. Now, West Durham gave you a really good breakdown. Clemson's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. That is a little steep. I, you, you should be nervous if you're a Clemson fan uh, in this game because of, I would say, three main reasons. One is Blake Henson. Henson is averaging just shy of 19 points for the season. He is averaging five rebounds. He is shooting 42% from three, and he is shooting a ton of three-point shots. I mean, recently, like, uh, you can look. uh, Played a win-loss game. In their most recent loss at Wake Forest where they got blown out by 33, Henson played 31 minutes. He was one of five from three, had 10 points. In their previous wins, in the month of February, the games they won, 17, 16, 27, 41 against Louisville, and then 22 against Virginia Tech. In those games, he has missed. Uh, he he's been less than. Uh, let's see, he's been under 38 percent from three only one one time. Under 37 half percent from three only one time in that span of wins. You got to keep him to about 30 percent from three. I would say like two of six, three of nine. You're going to win the game if he goes. You know, three of six. Uh, four of nine, you're you're probably in a little bit of a danger zone there. And then I would also say a couple other things. Tigers haven't played as well at home. Pitt is desperate. Pitt has already lost to Clemson once this year. The Tigers have been very good at return games. Whether they've won a game or lost a game, they are undefeated. They are 4-0 and against teams that they've already played once, so in, in, the, in the second meeting. And uh, they have a chance to make it 5-0 and tonight. It is going to be very, very difficult. By the way, Clemson and Pitt are tied in the conference right now. So, uh, again, get to Little John, 7 o'clock. few tickets available, I think, uh, sparingly available. Uh, be loud, be energetic, and the Tigers uh, should be able to win in the end. That's it. God bless. A lot more coming tomorrow. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Give yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl. That division where the Vikings are at, is on the up. The Lions are going to be good again. The Packers are on their way up as well. The easiest route is the Falcons. That being said, he's already been there with Minnesota, and he has a bit of comfortability.